And now, brought to you by Guru Energy Drinks. Good energy, smart organics on www.guruenergy.com. Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Zachary Bartles. Uh, Zach, let's uh, let's dive right into content today, my friend. I'm diving in. I'm going deep. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> no, what is that? Stephen Curtis Chapman. Oh, of course. I kind of like that. I still kind of like that song. Do you? Yeah, I wait, can't wait, help wait. it. Can you can you can you uh, say something for me? Uh, when was the last time you listened to that? Like, unironically, yeah, I would say not more than. Two or three years ago. Is that right? Okay. And you know, just like uh, two weeks ago, I was listening to a thing called Smash Ups. Okay. Which is, there's a song that's like that, that song mixed together with like a Grits song and like an audio adrenaline song. Wow. Only to make it all like the right pitch and tempo, (laughs) Stephen Curtis Chapman's voice has been dropped like half an octave and it's slow (laughs) and weird. Dude, now that that Steve Chapman song diving in, like <laughs> Steve Chapman, why is that making funny? I, I want you to suss this out for me a little bit more because I want to know. So, uh, less than two years ago, you listened to this song. I want to know what context it was in. Like, had you just had like a great meeting with a publisher, and and the sun's out, and you're driving home, you're in the <laughs> Lexus, and you just throw that in, and you and you crank it up, or had had you just had like a bad meeting of some kind? And you were using the music to like to prop yourself up. <laughs> Could, do you remember? I think that I was just having a, a, a nice nostalgic day. Okay. I occasionally go through. I've never thrown away a CD. Okay. I have all the CDs I've ever had. Yeah. And I'll occasionally just go through them and be like, "Oh, that one is a fun," and I'll yeah. just pull them off the shelf. Yeah. So it was just it was so it was it was for you just the nostalgia then. Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna just own that it was full on unironic, and I sang along with it and, now, what, and enjoyed what, it. What time in life did that like bring you back to? Do you know what I'm saying? College, I guess, okay. early college. Okay. I I was like the guy, you know, I was never like grunge guy, but I was like MXPX, Value Pack, Stavesaker, you know, like yeah. I don't listen to CCM, quote unquote. If they're in the CCM magazine, I think they suck. Yeah, but secretly, wait, you were that guy, or you weren't that guy? I was that guy. Yeah, like publicly you were that guy. Right, and then yeah. secretly I was like, yeah, I have Stephen Curtis Chapman's newest CD and it's great. Exactly. Exactly. Now, um we have some uh we have some music stuff to talk about. Actually, dude, before we get into that, I want to I want to ask you a question because I was at a, a used record store the other day and I picked up for like a quarter. Did you ever listen in in the 90s to uh like a Christian pop punk band on tooth and nail called Slick Shoes? Oh heck yeah! We were talking yeah. about slick shoes. I was yeah. I, I liked slick shoes in the nineties. Yeah, they're great. And I ran across like a slick shoes record that I didn't have for like a quarter, and I and I bought it. Uh, nice. And it's and it's great. I mean, all their songs sound exactly the same. Right. But, well, that's uh, that kind of music. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's pleasant, man. It's it's uh, it's very pleasant. I, and and as I was listening the other day, I wondered. I, I bet Zach is into this. You know, I bet this is something we can connect over. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would love to uh, make you a mixtape, Ted, of all my favorite tooth and nail stuff from the 90s and see if anything sticks. Dude, that would be great. Would you do that for me? Seriously. I, to- absolutely. Make me the mixtape. Even though there's all sorts of like, connotations to that. No, there is, but but I'm comfortable with that because we've been <laughs> we've been friends and non-sexual business partners for long enough that I feel I feel completely comfortable 
with that. And, and dude, I only here's my only regret. I only wish that it was still the '90s and it would come on a tape, and that you would have to handwrite the little like uh, titles to the songs <laughs> on that little thing, you know. And like try and write different fonts and, and try and write different and fonts, it, yeah. you know, depending on the mood of the music. <laughs> you know? ah. ah, dude. Honestly, you know that though. kind of that kind of uh, feeds into what I want to the, the surprise emails I want to talk about. Dude, yeah, I, I was hoping we would we would be segueing into that post haste. So uh, yeah, hit me, man. What what do you have for me? Can, can we can we like let the the uh, intensity build along with kind of the. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Suspense? <laughs> yeah, we, we, could do, we could do whatever you'd like in that area, in the area of intensity and suspense. Because I want to talk about you. Yeah. That's that's what these are about. But but yeah. before that, I want to talk about, for just a minute about me. Okay, talk about you, baby. I got two things I want to talk, talk about, about you and your going on in my life. And what you, what you are feeling right now. <laughs> Number one, okay. Olive Tree, when I thought that was all over, right? Yeah. The healing had begun. Yeah, it's been a long and winding road with Olive Tree, baby. Yeah. Let me just yeah, be you the know, first the, to say, my goodness. I'd finally, you know, yeah, most of my relationships that, you know, they're, they're confusing and then they end. It ends with me doing a little 90s, like, pseudo non-hacking yeah. into their yeah. servers and getting files. Yeah, sure. And then just cutting them off cold. Yeah. Or stealing their palm, like we talked about last week. <laughs> Cloning their schedule. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but in this case, Olive Tree has now all at once, all on the same day, okay. followed on Twitter... Me personally, the Gut Check Podcast, wow. and my church. My goodness. And Chaz Marriott. Well, uh, no, Chaz too? Our yeah, so guy? it's like they're getting inside of our, you know, they're, they're, they're inside my life. And, and I don't know. Tell me, do you think that that feels like a move that's kind of like an olive, an olive tree branch? An like olive a, tree branch, you know, <laughs> as it were. If you will. Or, or more kind of like uh, toying with me and... and, and uh, I don't know. Is, that, is there something kind of sinister and, and assertive about that? L- listen to me. Can I introduce a third scenario? Yes, please do. Okay. Here's my third scenario. And, and far be it for me to know how big Olive Tree actually is as an organization. You know, when I, when I envision their, you know, their corporate complex, I'm, I'm seeing like, you know, suburban office park, kind of gray building, you know. Okay. Kind of an Inatech sort of sort of look to their <laughs> approach, but it never, nevertheless, I think they may be trying to hack you. Oh, I think it's a counter hack. I think somewhere <laughs> there's a guy on behalf of Olive Tree sitting in a dark room with like empty takeout canisters littering the space, <laughs> and like the glow of a green computer screen. He's hacking you, baby. He's trying to get your schedule. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think this is an olive tree branch at all, man. I think this is war. I think olive like trees going games, to war yeah. with you. Would you like a game of chess? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. He's trying to get your schedule. He's trying to get your schedule because you know what? As soon as you get another guy's schedule, like you basically own that person. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, like, I you mean, know where they're going and like what their meetings are and where it says like you know, nine fifteen. You know, meeting at, meeting with deacons at the church. I mean, you you basically own that person. And you know, the, there's the idea that once you follow someone on Twitter, you're like ninety nine percent of the way to ah, getting yeah. their schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's pretty much happening. Yeah, these days. That's how Julian Assange gets it. You know, he follows the, <laughs> the CIA on Twitter, and then yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Dude, I don't know, man. I, I Listen, I don't want to think the worst about Olive Tree. I want to keep an open mind about this thing and an open heart, but I would just say guard your heart and your palm. And by that, I don't mean your actual like hand palm. I mean your palm palm. Yeah, well, and I don't – I think that they may lack the equipment – to get into my palm because they told me all that stuff had been removed from their suit. Dude, all their palm stuff is in the past, man. You Dude, know? can I tell you something really, um, really authentic that I'm actually literally a little ashamed of, but you're going to laugh at? This is a safe place. This is our program. You can say whatever <laughs> you want. Well, <clears throat> I when I downloaded all of the, I downloaded everything I could find, like everything, right? Okay. And there were a bunch of free things. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm glad to have these. Okay. Um, you know, the... The, the free items that they gave everyone and then they yanked mercilessly. But yeah. then I also got the zip files containing yeah. a bunch of, like, pay things. Sure. And there was, like, 25 minutes where I was like, you know, it wouldn't be hard to, like, brute force hack these zip files and, and, and get the password and open them up and yeah. have all of these, these other things for my palm as well. Um, right. Like Bible texts. Okay. You know, like the idea that it entered my mind and I had to like beat it back down to like steal Bible texts in digital format. <laughs> um, Olive Tree brings me to a dark place. Now, obviously, I didn't do it, but it was there. You know, they it's it's like they goaded me so much that they awoke the beast within. Dude, they did. And, and, and yeah, I just I fear for the kind of like you know, dark downward spiral that you're on with Bible tree, man. I just, I don't know where this is going to go, baby. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, you know, it reminds me quite a bit of a book that I'm reading and writing and that yeah. you also are reading and writing called <laughs> yeah. Re-Raptured Again, yes. in which we don't know where that's going to end either, but it's going to be somewhere dark. A lot of these characters are on similar journeys. And you, you know what occurred to me in, in Re-Raptured Again, Zach, the way that we're kind of crafting this thing lovingly with these characters who feel like family. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, we don't even know what they're going to do. They're yeah. they're their own thing. They're their own thing. But as it occurs to me that almost every character we've written into the book so far is in the process of writing his or her own book. You know, <laughs> my what wife I mean? commented on that. She's like, "Why did they all become authors?" And I'm like, "Because that's the funniest possible thing." <laughs> exactly, man. What's what's funnier <laughs> than a bunch of pretentious, self-absorbed douche authors? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, dude, can I segue to another thing about me, please? This and this is also a little authentic, man, because yeah. uh, I'm I, I made two submissions okay. to a website called the Babylon Bee. Yeah, and, and dude, let me just say, uh, all right, I I've got people in my life like hitting me with Babylon Bee stuff all the time. Like, hey, is this you? You know, like uh -huh. they want to know if it's us. They want to know, like, hey, do you think this is funny? And like the the majority of stuff, I I, I don't know. I just don't think it's that funny. So. Well, I, don't know. I, I tend I, to agree, and I thought that I submitted some stuff that was pretty darn funny, and I didn't hear back anything from our boy Adam Ford. Nothing. Who's Adam Ford? I don't know this Adam Ford. Uh, he's the guy who does the uh, all of the Christian web comics in the world. Oh, that guy. That guy. Yeah. Th that are very funny. Yeah, you were, yeah, were kind of on that guy for a while. Yeah, yeah. I I did actually uh, advertise um some for a book on his website. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I I mean he was aware of our podcast when I reached out to him. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was just like really confused that I didn't hear back anything, and I'm hoping maybe he just has so many submissions he's slogging through them. So he's the guy. He's the know. Babylon B guy. 
Yeah, yeah. I haven't looked into it deeply enough to even know who's who's doing that. But the thing is, all these guys from like Gco that aren't really that funny, that have like kind of a funny concept, but not a good execution yeah. to the article. Yeah, they're on like every day, like as regulars. So their names, their names come up. Yeah, who are at the some of these guys? Bio. Who are some of these guys? Joe, I don't know. Um, they're like like second tier second gospel second tier BC list gospel coalition guys. Yeah. Now, dude, here's the cynic. Here's the businessman in me talking. Okay. Because you and I are in business, all right? My my sense is, you know, he's publishing this this unfunny B-list gospel coalition stuff because he he feels it's a conduit to a bigger audience. You know what I'm saying? That's a possibility. Yeah. All right. That, yeah, that's all. And, I and yeah, I don't think that's a very cynical thing. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty realistic. I just and think it's likely. industry standard, man. He sees. I would do, I would probably do the same, but I would also publish my funny stuff too. Dude, that's why we have our own thing. You know? Yeah, you're right. This 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 thing serves us. This serves. So us. perhaps perhaps I should uh, just bounce my two brief articles. Please do. I, I and I'd I'm, like to hear if they are funny. I'm intrigued. I want to know now. I want to know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I want to know what this guy rejected, man. Who does this guy think he is rejecting you? <laughs> rejecting my business partner, man. This frigging guy. Hit me with these things. All right. Here is the the first one I think I already might have sent you when it was brand new because I thought it was so funny. Okay. It's called Middle-Aged White Reformed Man Chuckles Nods at Reformed Rap Meme. <laughs> I like 39... it, man. I like it. <laughs> Here, here's the text. 39-year-old Brian Heisinger laughed and nodded knowingly this morning upon encountering an internet <laughs> meme featuring a still shot of a very nerdy white man in a do-rag and the words, when Calvinists discover Reformed Rap. Yeah. I know so many guys like this, said Heisinger, slightly lowering the volume of Lecrae's 2008 hit Rebel as it buzzed from his tinny laptop speakers. It's kind of funny how so many guys, guys who have never heard of 116 or Reach Records, all of a sudden won't listen to anything but, cracks me up. And sometimes they turn the bass way up so their car sort of thuds down the street, which is (laughs) no way to appreciate music. Heisinger, who pastors a small Southern Baptist church in suburban South Bend, doesn't judge these neophytes, but he does hope they'll stick with it long enough to truly appreciate the art form. I mean, you can't just jump in and hope to understand the urban flow of these jams and how it perfectly complements the theology, the pastor proclaimed, using the, same, this, using the same stiff hand gesture he executes several hundred times each sermon. <laughs> I think you can tell the true devotees by their clothing, Heisinger added, gesturing at his own blue blazer, prep school-style tie, khakis, and tasseled shoes. You come to realize that you don't have to be Mm. quote-unquote cool to truly understand this music or the spirit behind it. Heisinger, who is of Dutch heritage, believes that true Reformed rap connoisseurs are able to appreciate a wide range of music. For example, next playlist is mostly Gettys. In addition to bumping, Heisinger's words... (laughs) Artists like Trip Lee, KB, and Andy Minio, while crafting sermons and driving about town, Heisinger loves blasting Tadashi's Make War when he works out. I love the energy, he said, sort of shadow boxing the air, and the John Piper clips. Really helps me push through the wall of pain and get the burn going. The father of three, whose last five workouts consisted of walking briskly on a treadmill, stared at his keyboard for several seconds, <laughs> apparently on the brink of an epiphany, before turning the volume back up on his laptop. I gotta repost this, he said, gesturing at the meme, which features an iconic image of Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. And you better believe I'll be tagging some people. You know who you are. At press time, Heisinger was reading this article, laughing and nodding, because he, quote, knows so many people who are just like that. Baby, I love it. I love it. 
And you, dude, I I think they're nutty, man. I think they're nutty for not picking that thing up. And uh, and and, dude, can I share something with you that's semi-related? Share, man. So I opened up Google to I, I was going to look at this Babylon Bee finally, and uh, I didn't get there because I I stopped. <laughs> Have you seen like the the Google graphic for today? Um, is it something about equality? It, it it's something about equality. It's like a march. And it says equality, and there's a chick, swear to gosh, man, she looks like every hipster, like, MFA program chick, and she's, like, shouting into some little square box in her hand, and I have two questions, not really questions, but one, one, one's a question, one's a comment. The question is, what's the box? Like, what is that little thing she's talking into? It looks like it's maybe, like, attached to a uh, uh, bullhorn, maybe? Oh, all right, all right, I get that then. What's the other one? In two... Like, could they have made her look any more like Park Slope, Brooklyn, hipster, you know, like, did, were they going for that? I, well, it's a specific woman. If you hover over it, it says Yuri Kochiyama's 95th birthday. Oh, so that's Yuri Kochiyama. I never hovered over it. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was Margaret Cho at first. <laughs> I didn't know who it was. <laughs> I thought it was like every girl in my MFA program. <laughs> What if you hovered over and it said every girl in Ted's every MFA program? Every girl in your MFA program. <laughs> exactly. It's different for everybody, man. <laughs> Judas. All right, what's your, uh, what's your second Babylon B thing? This one's shorter and funnier. Okay. <laughs> Multi-site church acquires local families' worship time. <laughs> Grand Rapids, Michigan. Rivers of Living Water Ministries has announced its acquisition of the Van Jansen family's home fellowship gatherings. They will constitute the megachurch's 16th campus. <laughs> We're very excited about this expansion, lead pastor Dan Hollier announced via satellite feed Sunday morning. <laughs> the Van Jansons have some of the most dynamic home worship in our metropolitan statistical area, and our leadership team really felt we were remiss in not having some sort of presence in their four-bedroom, two-door revival home. <laughs> Rob Van Jansen, the family patriarch and erstwhile leader of the church gatherings, has mixed feelings about the acquisition. I'm not quite sure how it happened, he admitted. They started out by asking if we were content with the number of people our family has led to Christ. Of course I said no. I mean, how do you answer yes to that? Before I knew it, there were contracts and lawyers and notaries, like three notaries. He thumbed through a stack of documents a few times before adding, Now I guess our family's worship time is officially called Riv Live H2O Northeast Gathering 4. Huh. They promised to leave some of the charm, though. Van Jansen's five children were decidedly more upbeat about the prospect. We heard one of the mergers and acquisitions pastors mentioning a climbing wall and an Xbox 360. Mergers and cool. acquisitions pastors. <laughs> I love Said it. Said 12-year-old Jerrica Van Jansen. Jerrica, of course. Yeah, agreed her younger brother Miles. We only have a PlayStation 2 now, and maybe we'll get a karaoke machine for worship. That would be way better than my dad strumming that old acoustic guitar. Lame. <laughs> According to the megachurch's press release, however, such perks are incidental to the real purpose of the acquisition. We are so thrilled to be following God's own spirit-filled franchise vision, TM, for our ministry, <laughs> the document reads. To think that these seven precious souls were meeting in such stark conditions without a mission statement or even a church logo is sobering indeed. We're humbled that God is using us in this way. The 65-page covenant, signed by both parties, indicates that the Van Jansen family will retain control of their bedrooms, the half-bath upstairs, and the basement laundry room. The rest of the house will be available for family use except during worship services, community events, and other official church functions. The legally binding contract also requires the family to expand and remodel their home as needed to accommodate any growth to the campus. 
I kind of liked it the way it was, Mrs. Van Jansen lamented, looking around at the empty living room, now crowded with a distressed wood pulpit, twin 60-inch plasma screens, and six black leather sofas. But I guess this is progress. Rivers of Living Water, which recently filed an eminent domain request to demolish three nearby houses, thus clearing the way for a three-story parking structure, declined to comment. <laughs> Baby, I'll tell you the problem, man. They're, they're, it's too funny. You know what I mean? It's, 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 <laughs> oh, it's, you're too it's, kind. It's too insightful. You know what I mean? I, I think they're looking for low-hanging fruit there at, at Babylon B. Yeah, well, I, I thought about – I had like a funny idea for another one. And I'm like, why would I put the time into writing it and then – you know, have it just go. We're gut check. So. We do our own thing. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have been trying to hop on somebody else's, throw my bags on someone else's wagon, if you will. <laughs> you're throwing your bags on somebody else's <laughs> metaphorical wagon cart, and uh, it just it never feels right when you do that. Yeah, you're right. You know? That's that's selling out, and and you know, failing to sell out. It's, it's trying to sell out and failing. Is what it <laughs> yeah, is. that's not selling out, as it were. <laughs> yeah. You know, to make me feel better, can I read a couple of uh, positive reviews of our smoking book? Dude, please do. And you know what else I noticed? What's that? I noticed that we had a, a ton of reviews on Re-Raptured, man. I went on the Amazon page the other day. There's like 10 reviews. Nice. What's our average? Yeah. Do we have some one-stars savaging it? Or what's, what's Dude, it no, like? no, no one's savaging it. No one. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's all like four and five stars, mostly five stars. You know what I'm excited about? What? The eventual the cloth-bound. Oh, dude. Mass- handsome leather and cloth-bound. Dude, we yeah. have to find someone who will do that, even if it will be a prohibitively expensive to buy. Even if it will be like ninety three dollars yes. per book, we will yeah. we will get copies of them anyway. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what do you got to read me? Some encouraging things. Here's uh, just read it by Ethan. All right. This little book is fabulous light reading. It had me laughing like I haven't laughed in ages. If you're looking for a full disclosure and defense of smoking to the glory of God, you're not going to find it here. But unless regret is your favorite pastime, this is one you want to grab. Five stars. Wow. Dude, Ethan. Yes. The other one. Easy E. (laughs) This one's from uh, Dwight Jenkinson. Okay. Nope. Dwight Jenkins on January 24. Okay. Buy this book. Five stars. If you're thinking of the most enjoyable habit of cigar smoking, buy this book. It is filled with helpful information, professional recommendations, and some of the most humorous writing you will find. If you have smoked cigars for years and know all there is to know about cigars, buy this book. It will challenge some of your deeply held convictions and enlighten you to new ones. Regardless of where you are in your journey with cigars, this read will be of benefit and will bring great happiness to your life. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I I like how he goes back to the theme of buy this book. Yeah, that's one of my favorite themes. Yeah, yeah. Wow, baby, that's that's outstanding. I, I I agree too. And Ted, now it's time to turn the spotlight onto you, my friend. Okay, baby. Now right. I I forwarded to you in two pieces. You uh, did an email that I got uh, okay. from someone who had just listened to episode fifty-two. Okay. Uh, which is not the last one, but the one before. Uh, and here's how it starts. Um, yeah. Pull it up here. I just had a weird feeling of deja vu, dude. Holy yeah? cow, that was weird. Oh, weird. All right, so it's from Drew, I assume this is pronounced Geis, G-I-E-S-E. G-I-E-S-E, Drew Geis. Why does that sound familiar? Well, maybe when I start reading it, it will uh, make a, an impact. Okay, on these you. are the emails that you sent to me, or you're reading a different email? I'm reading from from uh, the email, which I had then broken in two and sent to you in two pieces. I see. I see. Yeah, throw it, man. So it starts, greetings from Green Bay, Wisconsin. 
I was listening to episode 52 today and wasn't aware that Ted spent some time in Taylor University. Mm. My wife, her sister, and brother-in-law also attended, which make me wonder if any of them would have been there at the same time as Ted and if they had heard of Exit 59. (laughs) So the first one that I sent you, why don't you go ahead and open up that that, uh, particular... It's called Email 1? Email 1, yep. Okay. I'm opening Email 1 right now. Isn't this something mysterious and stuff? Oh my goodness, dude. Read, read that for me once. That text these, that's with that picture there. These pictures. <laughs> oh, Judas Priest, dude. This is amazing. All right. All right you, so the email says note slash picture on exit 59. There's a picture. I'm just going to describe it, okay, and then I'll read the note. All right? Uh-huh. So the, the, the picture is a guy. This is, God, this, this is when I was there, man, because I know this guy. <laughs> two guys. Two freaking guys in like... Uh, camouflage uh, uh, bib overalls. Is that the right term? Overalls. Yes, that is so 90s. And he's got some kind of hat on, and it's the kind of hat that, that like, you would wear if you play hacky sack. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, a, it's a hacky sack hat. <laughs> hacky sack hat. And he's, he's got his eyes closed, and he's sort of got one hand up, like he's really, like, uh, like overcome by the music. <laughs> And I'm gonna I'm, now I'm gonna read this uh, this text. This has got to this got to be from like a, uh, a yearbook, yearbook think, yeah. right? It's from the yearbook, yeah. It's from the yearbook. Here, here we go. Deliberate on what he wants to express, comma. Junior Chris Watson of Exit Fifty Nine speaks to the audience through song and gesture. <laughs> <laughs> While sophomore Ben Delzer adds in with a guitar. This group from Taylor always drew crowds of loyal fans to their performances. That's and that, that's the caption. Now beneath that is a link to a video. Yeah. Oh my god. And gosh, it's dude. only from 2017. So it's got some older members of Exit 59 performing. Oh my gosh. And dude. I'd like to get maybe your uh Zach, let me let me just pause to say and and uh who who's the guy? Geis? Drew Geis? Drew, yeah, Druidge. This is unbelievable. This this is an unbelievable privilege to be able to do this because I would not have I would not have done this on my own. So I'm opening the video now. Um, here here's the text from Drew. For fun, I did a quick search and found this video from a 2007 Taylor Homecoming. Opening the video now. This is Exit 59 performing just a few years ago. That's a girl. I didn't know they had a girl. Well, that's a very 90s thing to throw a girl in, though, don't you Throw think? a girl in there. <laughs> Dude, these guys all look a lot older. Yeah, and, and a lot different from in that in that photograph. Dude, they, they all look completely different. Such that I have no idea who these people are. Now, I don't suppose you and, and uh, KK went to the 2007 Taylor homecoming. No, dude, I, I never go to homecomings, and if I do, I always just go to, like, half the football game. Okay. Yeah. Dude, this is unbelievable. Here's the thing. I'm going to pause now because I, I don't want to listen to the whole song. Um, the girl, dude, looks vaguely familiar. All right? Like, she looks she looks a little bit familiar. Um, the guys, I don't recognize any of them. I think that your assumption that they are now managing hedge funds may not be too far off based on kind yeah. of their, their vibe and appearance. Dude, my other assumption is maybe it's one of those like uh, – I'm trying to think of a band who this applies to. 
But one of those deals where like the name of the band is still intact, but it's actually like four completely different people. Like Petra. Like Petra, yeah. Or the Newsboys. Yeah, like the Newsboys who are now comprised of like all the guys who are in DC Talk. Dude, I can't believe you guys did that whole sussing out on that cruise on the Happy Rant. I was, I thought we were going to do that. Dude, I know. I, if, if you had brought it to my attention first, baby, we would have done it. You guys did it justice, though. Everyone, oh, if you thanks. haven't listened to that episode of The Rant after this, listen to it. It's great. Thanks so much, baby. Thank you. All right, so there's more from this Geist guy here in this email, Drew Geist. Before we before you move on to that, I wonder if you could tell me, did you think the music was good back then? Do you think the music was good in 2007? I mean, what, give me a, you know, a quick review with the band. Yeah, uh, the 2007 clip... Uh, the the audio was just bad, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a mulligan on that one. Okay. Back in the '90s, it was one of those deals where I was so jealous of these guys and their success with women and the way that they looked. Even if the music had been good, I would it it would have clouded my judgment. You know what I mean? I couldn't mm-hmm. have I couldn't have seen it through the haze of of jealousy. You know what I'm saying? That's fascinating to me. Also, I think the music probably just wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be my follow up statement to the to the thing that I just said about okay. about the haze of, of jealousy. Well, I imagine you were probably in the locker room listening to like Pantera to get all like Dude, I was. amped I, up. I was heavy into my like Pantera. Like I just discovered Dr. Dre back then, so I was big into the Dr. Dre and the Pantera. So like a, basically like a Jarza Clay knockoff to you was just like. Pfft. Yeah, I'm like, why, why, you know, why would you even bother with a jars of clay knockoff? Right on. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, is there more in that email? There is. Uh, he says this, and this text from another source, which confirms comments made regarding coffee house venues. So, this Drew Geist, man, let me just suss this out. Dude, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's listening to our program. He's texting with multiple sources, multiple people confirming and denying things about Exit 59. So, here's a text. Um, from someone who went to Taylor regarding all this, like a, like uh, an anonymous source, an anonymous source, yeah. So let me let me read this thing. Sack that was student uh, student activities. <laughs> 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 someone didn't think that. <laughs> Could you start over the text for me? Dude, 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 yeah, hang on for a minute. So before I start reading the text, I'm just going to say Sack <laughs> is an an acronym, a sacronym, <laughs> if you will. For, uh, for, for Student Activities Council, okay? Of course, so what here, else would it be? Yeah. Here's the text. SAC planned six coffee houses to provide time for students to hang out together, relax, and, and enjoy music. That's kind of cool. Audiences mixed Taylor students and others from around the community. Let me just say briefly, nobody from the community ever darkened the door of one of those things. <laughs> no one. That was the idea, <laughs> but not the reality, right? Yeah, it, it, it was the idea, but not the reality. Most bands came from other places, although Taylor's own Exit 59 gave the first coffee house of the year. Ugh. That sounds like someone who might have written, like, promotional copy for them in the 90s. Dude, right. Promotional or, or like, yearbook copy, you know? <laughs> Deliberate on what he wants to express. That kind of thing. With song and gesture. Song and gesture. And you know why I laughed so hard, Ted? Why? Because when, when when you said that acronym, because I was thinking of a particular photo, probably in that self same yearbook, ah, which which was actually controversial because of the presence of a uh, anatomical feature, yeah, in like kind of a pile of guys in a dorm, a pile of guys in a dorm. They're all wearing umbros, which was what you wore if you were a 
floppy haired, like soccer playing <laughs> yuppie kid in the in the nineties. And the Umbros didn't. If you were leaning a certain way, they didn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. If you know what I mean, that's just all and, I'm going to say. And either someone was a jokester, or no one really looked closely at this thing, because I remember everybody at like yeah. uh, my, my sisters went to Taylor um, at, overlapping with you, yeah. and uh, and that's why I know about this. And and I remember her with like nine or ten of her friends talking about that as if it were one of the more legendary. Yeah, uh, kind of mishaps. It was a wardrobe malfunction before that was even a term. Dude, that's literally a thing that anybody who went to Taylor in the '90s, if you mention that to them, you know, it's a, it's an instant conversation. <laughs> that poor starts. guy. I know. Yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> that's another thing we should have Drew Geis investigate. Is whatever happened to that guy? You know. <laughs> so listen, Drew. Drew, listen to me. Okay. Drew, booby. <laughs> if you're listening. I want you to track down that guy, and if you're as close to Taylor as I think you are, you know who I'm talking about, okay? I want you to track him down and tell us what he's doing, okay? And get us a picture of the guy. So there it is. All right, so go ahead and open up uh, email number two, Ted. All right, baby, here I go. I'm opening email two. This is a forwarded message, again, from Drew Geis. And I just want you to look at the picture. Oh my gosh, dude. Is that you? Yes. Oh my gosh. Is it seriously you? It, it seriously is me. Now, Ted, let me just... I, I have two things I want to say about this. Talk, baby, talk. First of all, I've, I've seen like three episodes of different sitcoms in the past like six months okay. where people who have been friends for like 20 years yeah. are like, would we have even been friends if we met today? Yeah. And then they decide it doesn't matter if we would, even though we're now very different people because our, our friendship... dude. When I look at this guy, mm. I'm like, me and Ted are good friends today. If we would have met in college, we're really good friends. We would not have been friends. Dude, I but gave we would have. I don't think we would have, man. I don't think you would have liked me. And I think I would have taken one look at like the. Now I'm going to post this, uh, obviously, as the yeah. graphic for this this episode. Mm-hmm. And and well, I mean, here's I, I, I'm not I'm not knocking you, dude. You're a very good looking dude here, dude. You're knocking me. No, I'm not. The reason okay. that I wouldn't have liked you is because. You're a very good-looking dude here in a very particular way. Dude, suss that way out. It's this very, like, I mean, like the, the half-smile that's kind of, like, a little bit, like, dangerous-looking. Uh-huh. The, like, the, like, Garfield eyes where they're, like, half-closed. <laughs> like I'm a, eyes, I love it, dude. Like, there's a certain kind of, like, this, to me, and, and again, I'm, I, 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 as I said, I think, uh, I don't know that we were recording, like, when I was, when I was in college, I definitely was on the douche scale, like, I was, yeah. Yeah. I was jerky about th- certain things, and I, yeah. I wouldn't have liked me then either, I don't like, yeah. I don't like that guy, yeah. but, like, there, this, when I look at this guy, my first thought is, like, the, the, like, super popular, but jerky, like, jock guy in, like, a 90s high school movie where, like, you're rooting for the, like, kind of arty guy who yeah, plays yeah. the accordion or something. No, and I this guy's kind of mean to him, and he has the girl, but then the other, the, the, the protagonist steals the girl from him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I totally, I totally know what you mean. Like, I can see this guy beating me up. And I will give you that, that this picture that, that we're looking at, and again, to be clear, we're looking at a yearbook picture from 1995-96 from the Taylor yearbook of me... Uh, I'm going to describe it. I have, um, I have like football neck. Okay. Your neck is huge. My neck is gigantic. And, and dude, I was like, yeah, I was like bench pressing Buicks back then, man. Describe that beard. I, I don't even know what's going on with the beard, dude. 
It's like the like very very faint like kind of shadow beard that the '90s kind of gave birth to. It was a very it was, yeah, it was a very '90s thing. I've got the the quintessential like football buzz haircut where it's just a, t- a tiny bit like long on top, not long, but a longer. Long, yeah. yeah, longer and then just shaved like completely bare on the sides. I do. I look like a douche. You look like you hurt people for fun. Like you're in football so you can knock people down. And and, and again, and, and, I'm assuming that this this picture does not encapsulate who you were in 1995 or whatever. It doesn't fully encapsulate who I was, but that aspect of things, the the hurting people for fun was was like there's some truth to that to be honest. And somehow Kristen then Skinner. Yeah saw this guy and was like, there is a sweetheart inside. And also yeah, there is like yeah. a writer and a, and a, and a academic and a future professor. Dude, that is, that is literally God's grace. That it, is insane to me. Dude. It's literally only like a miracle, right? That that happened because, Oh, let me, let me suss this out a little further. So, um, at this point, I think I was still playing football. So this was pre like bad injury. So then I got hurt so the and face then, changed probably after that because the cockiness changed was... in that I grew out like I grew '90s hair. You know what I'm saying? Right. I've seen those pics. I think so. Like by the end of 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 the '95 '96 school year, I had like I had like '90s hair where where it was shaved on the sides and the back. It was a little bit longer. I had taken to like wearing. I, I don't have it on in this in this uh, picture, but I had taken to wearing like grunge sort of. Like attire where you know I was doing the work boots and the baggy jeans okay. and now here this is a rugby is it not this is a rugby yeah what you're looking at there is a rugby all right but so but, th- this is early what what year would this be your sophomore year this would Ju- Judas dude this would be like yes our early sophomore year like fall of the sophomore year and I so when KK, did you get hurt I got hurt like right now like right when this picture was taken I was like breaking oh. my leg again and and. No, I'd, I'd broken it twice. I'd had surgery spring ball in my freshman year, and then I came back fall of fall ball of my sophomore year, which is when this picture was taken. What a fascinating little moment in time, dude. Dude, it was a fascinating moment in time because this picture, this is the this is like the turning point, man. Right? Huh. This is like the last. This is the last vestige of, of like that guy. football me of yeah. that guy. Wow. But, dude, here's the thing, though, man. Here's the thing, and I, I want you to believe this, and this is why we would have been friends when I was in college. Because even though I looked like that guy, like 90s douche, you know, high school movie guy, um, I was not that guy, man. I was friends with, like, funny, cynical people and, like, hmm. I don't know, just guys like us, you know? Okay, because here's my thought. When I look at this guy, yeah. I'm thinking he's with, like, blonde-haired cheerleader. Yeah. And then I'm I'm starting to piece together that he gets hurt, and then all of a sudden, like, um, cute. Uh, th- now you know. Let let me yeah. describe no, no. your wife without no, it getting weird. Yeah. No. Um, kind of uh, cute, theater quirky, girl. Like, wearing a glasses, theater girl, cute, hot '90s like theater quirky girl, man. Yeah. So so you you was is there truth to that or or were Baby, you kind of an outlier in that you weren't into you weren't kind of the stereotypical. Um, homecoming no. king with the queen kind of thing. There's absolute truth to that. I, I I was never homecoming king guy in that I was never like, I never did enough partying to be like truly A-list popular in high school. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But I, I was like, you know, but yeah, I, I went out with a couple like cheerleader type girls and, and you know, they weren't great. Um, you know, this is, this is not the whole dating history. You know, I, I dated somebody really nice in high school and, and, 
I was kind of a jerk to her, but that's a whole nother thing. But um, so so not her. That's not who I'm talking about. But but yeah, early college, man, it, it was a you know, there was some of your like, yeah, like blonde, you know, that that kind of girl. And then uh, but, dude, I always liked him. You know, I always liked him a little like different looking, you know what I mean? Which is why I was really like into KK when I met her, man. So you were more into interesting women rather than like uh, cookie cutter women, and not to, not to besmirch blondes in any way. We're no, just we're no, no, generalizing. No. no, if you're if you're a blonde and you're a listener, like keep listening. You know, we're, <laughs> keep being you know, blonde. We don't we we, we celebrate. Blonde. You don't have to dye your hair to be a part of this program. <laughs> <laughs> this I mean, is, if you want to, that's fine. But this is the most fascinating segment we've had. This is this has been an interesting walk down memory lane, you know. And and there's a reason I didn't show you these yearbook photos. I remember us asking about them, and you guys being rather coy. I was coy, and I kind of played it off, and I kind of changed the subject. <laughs> okay. No, but, no, but, Ted. But it's because I I figured you would see this, and you would think, oh, he was a douche. I wouldn't have liked him. <laughs> you know. Well, I believe you that that we would have been friends, and and you know there are pictures of me where I look. Like I embody a different kind of vibe. And you can't help that kind of thing. Uh, It looks like you're trying to smile, but you're not sure if you're supposed to as like, you know, uh, a starter on the Taylor football team. Um, Can I just add one more thing to this? Yeah. About pictures in general. Okay. And you know this because of how how good of friends we are and because of how I I lean on your wife and her photo taking skills. I'm the worst person at getting my picture taken. I don't know, man. The, I don't the know, new pictures that your mouth? students have taken are great. Yeah, some of those are good, man. Those are, those are good. But but I'm not good at getting – I'm not photogenic. I don't know right. what to do with my mouth, my eyes. I, I just – I don't know how to do that. You feel weird. And I think that it's important not only that my wife is taking her picture, but that I'm there to make you laugh so that you forget that you're trying to smile. Baby, that's literally the key to the whole thing. I mean, if you're if you're off camera making me laugh, then the pictures look, look, look good, you know? Um, but yeah, this was a yearbook. You know, the guy, the guy came, I remember this, the guy came to the lobby of Wingett's Hall, which is where I lived. And it wasn't even like high school where they give you the comb, you know, like (laughs) there was just a guy in like a sad little stool that you sat on and, uh, and he, you got like one take, you know, and he's like, thank you very much. And that's, that's it. So, uh, (laughs) click next. Yeah. Exactly. We only had one yearbook at Cornerstone, and then the whole thing folded, and so I only have one, and there was no more for the rest of my time there. Like, the, yeah. the program was done away with. Baby, this has been... Gosh, this is crazy. My mind is blown, man. Before we leave that behind, Ted, I want you to do me one favor, man, and just look into that guy's, you know, kind of semi-dead eyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, the, the just, eyes are dead. The eyes are Garfield dead eyes. Well, you haven't met your lady yet, who would breathe life into you in a new way. Dude, and I, I, I remember, honestly, man, this is bringing back so many memories. I was so depressed at this point. Oh, that's really sad. Because I knew that, like, I felt like for my whole life, football was over for me, which thankfully it was not. But it, but college football was over for me at that point. Right, if only someone could have whispered to you, yeah, you're going to be writing this long snapping book and playing in, like, professional <laughs> games when you're, like, 20 years 40, later. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, huh. but... But dude, I was so bummed out and angry, and so that's like, actually sadness, not malice, in your eyes. That that see that colors it for me, dude. It's sadness, not malice. Very well said. Hmm. So so looking into those eyes, I mean, what is the one thing you want to say to that that young, uh, angsted out gentleman? Wow. Um. It'll be okay. Oh man, <laughs> it'll be okay. You're gonna meet a hot girl. 
and you're going to play football again in a couple of years, just just hang on, you know, and start reading. Right. Yeah, you're going to need non-sports references, even though you're going to be a sports writer. Exactly, exactly. Start reading and just just hang on a little while longer, and you're going to meet this beautiful baby that, uh, you know, majors in comm and is about to graduate and works in the the cafeteria, and uh, it's going to be beautiful. Dude, dude, this has been raw. This has been great. This has been great. And and I have to tell you, I don't have time to do Gut Check Literacy Month, but I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Emotionally... I don't think I'm in a place where I could I could shift into like haha satire time. You know what I mean? I This is about emotional literacy is what it is. This is about emotional literacy. I've looked into the eyes of of the 19-year-old dead-eyed me. <laughs> and I I've seen something that I just need I need to process uh on my own, but uh I want to thank you. Okay. You want to thank Drew is what you want to do. I want to thank you and I want to thank – no, listen to me. As much as I (laughs) – okay, as much as I appreciate Drew, Uh this wouldn't have happened without you. All right? You're the the winner. You win. (laughs) Okay? Oh, no, this, man. Is, this has been very formative for me and and because of that, we're going to sign off. We're not going to do Gut Check Literacy Month. Uh-huh. Yeah, sometimes there there are things more important than jumping on grenades and and that's it, man. That's it. And and we're going to get back to writing our chapters and bringing the people a sequel, re-raptured again. Oh, bringing the people a sequel because looking into the dead-eyed nineteen-year-old me has just invigorated this me. You know what I mean? I do, man. I want to redeem all that, baby, and I want to redeem it by writing another hilarious novel that we can share with people. So thanks for listening. Um, Missional wear, if you're out there, reach out. Get in touch. I want my sweatshirt, okay? <laughs> you know, and, and what's more of that 19-year-old uh, semi-dangerous jock wants his sweatshirt. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send him after you, Missional wear. <laughs> I'm going to send this dead-eyed, bench-pressing Buick's friggin' guy after you for my sweatshirt, Okay. <laughs> We will see you next time. Show me a little bit of who you are.